David D'Onofrio, Chief Executive Officer of White Gold Corp. White Gold Corp is a Canadian-based gold exploration company with a very large district-scale land package in Canada's Yukon, particularly in the Klondike District that's seen over 20 million ounces of plaster gold mining in the last 100 years with no modern exploration until the last 15 years where our team's gone on to make uh, several multi-million ounce discoveries. We've been fortunate to attract uh, significant partners in Agnico Eagle and Kinlas Gold, and we're actively continuing to explore this uh, prolific district. David, thank you for the introduction. Nice to meet you. Um, this is your first time with Crux uh, Investor. Um, I do want to get into White Gold and White Gold Corp and understand a little bit more about the company. But first, can I just ask um, about your background and um, what brought you to the company and um, you know, a little bit about you first, please. For sure. Listen, glad to be here. I've been uh, watching you guys for quite some time now. I think you do incredible interviews. Uh, very familiar with a number of the companies that uh, you guys have worked with in the past. And, uh, you know, really interesting to learn about many others. So I am obviously the CEO of White Gold Corp. Uh, in addition to that, I'm a principal at the Power One Capital Group. Power One is a merchant bank based in Toronto. We're, you know, a sector agnostic uh, merchant bank here, but our, we've been very active in the uh, mining, exploration, and development sector for about 20 years now. And we've really been fortunate over that time to work with a number of companies, different industries, different jurisdictions, and have been able to really build up a tremendous amount of, of knowledge and, you know, really learn what it takes to help make you know, have a real true, you know, success in this industry, which is, you know, a challenging industry at the best of times. And um, over that period, we've been able to have, um, you know, been part of some, you know, really sort of high profile success stories, starting back, you know, to the early 2000s with like Aurelian Resources, um, you know, in the gold sector, uh, you know, uh, Orex Resources is another one in the gold sector where that was acquired by B2 Gold. Um, you know, and now we're working with that same management team in Osino. Continental Gold was bought by the Chinese. And the theme here is that, you know, we're in a, sec a part of our um, uh, careers where we we've worked with these great management teams and, and great assets. You sort of really have a sense of how to optimize your success. And, you know, and, and we're at this point where, you know, listen, you make a lot of mistakes, but as long as you're learning from them, I think that's, you know, that's an okay thing to do. And, and these projects that we say that we're involved with has sort of been hand-selected now over the years or, you know, they, they're kind of coming to us, right? And this white gold is an exact, is, is, is sort of uh, a great case study for how that works. And we've been actively investing across Canada, particularly in the Yukon, for, you know, almost 15, 20 years now. And we were able to get such great relationships with the, you know, the primary explorers there that we were able to, you know, really tie up, you know, what I believe is a true district scale land package being, you know, 350,000 hectares. So, you know, from our seat, uh, you know, we're, we're investors, um, we're, we're, we view ourselves as very strategic value add investors, which I think is very important to help the success of these companies, whatever industry it might be in the mining, you know, what does that mean being value add? Number one, we have, you know, our own capital, which we put into all the companies, significant amounts. We have access to other strategic capital sources. We have great relationships with the major mining companies, uh, having done transactions with them over the last, you know, number of years. And we also have some really strong relationships within the Canadian international capital markets. So, so but can I just interrupt? I mean, so what you're describing really is that you're a, um, an investment banker. You're more of an, uh, an investor than a CEO. I would say I split 
a role. And, and what, when I, I am the CEO by name of this company, but I would say I'm more of, pro, I would say Power One sits in the capital markets um, position of this company. And it's an interesting story. I'll tell you how it came about. For Sean Ryan, the notorious prospector that's made these prolific discoveries in the Yukon, he's our partner. He brought us this land package and he was able to put this together. And he realized that, you know, a group like ourselves having invested there would really see the value. Typically, when someone brings us a project, you know, the, the founder, the entrepreneur, they also want to be the CEO. Now, Sean, to his credit, he knows what his skills are. He knows what he likes to do. He wants to be in the field, you know, trying to craft the code, where to find more gold. And so, he, so he runs the kind of the, 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 the internal side of things. He runs the, um, the field operations and the managers and the technical side of the business. That's and right. And your aspect is the kind of the financial, the capital markets and the external facing side of the business. That's right. The accounting, you know, he does a lot of the external sort of marketing as well. And I think you guys should have him on the program. You know, he's Mr. Yukon. He knows it better than anyone in the world, literally. And then ourselves as a team with Sean, we sort of fill what would be a normal CEO role, which... I think is great for the company because you have many levels of expertise. You know, in addition to myself, you know, within our sort of group, we you know, we can help with the the CFO type stuff, corporate secretarial, marketing, et cetera. We have a tremendous team here to help with that. And that lets Sean be freed up to, you know, go find gold. It's a setup that I'm, I'm familiar with, having sat in a very similar role to the one that you sat in, which is kind of the um, filling out the role of the CEO that the principal doesn't n naturally want to do. Um, in terms of the strategy that you've uh, delineated for White Gold with Sean, you know, what are you as a group um, aiming to do as a kind of, how do you see success and what's a kind of a, 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 an exit plan that you, or kind of a maturation plan that you've got for yourselves? So our dream, our business plan when we set this all up with Sean was to be a project generator. Get in, you know, do this grassroots exploration, show some value, show some upside, and then look to sort of, you know, once we've sort of hit our, um, you know, level of, of value creation and, and these projects need to be moved on to sort of a group with a different skill set, look to sort of monetize on these different opportunities, use that capital then to continue to, you know, finance the ongoing exploration. With a land tax is big, you know, we see, you know, 10 to 20 years type of runway to be able to be doing this. And I think that's part of the reason we were, you know, wanted to bring in partners like Nico and Kinross, because now those are very logical sort of acquirers of these types of projects. In addition to, you know, whoever else might, you know, have an interest in, in assets like we have, which as we're seeing now in the Yukon is a lot of company. If you haven't been following, you know, there's been five or six major mining companies having made significant investments in the last two years. Okay, so, so, so the, the, the plan is to kind of work up a project and sell it on and monetize it. Can you explain to me your shareholder um, register? Because when I look at your presentation, it's, it's, it's one of the most extraordinary shareholder registers I've seen because I can't see any space for retail. You've got Eric Sprotten there with 46% and Ignico just under 20% and um, management also just under 20% and Kinross with just under 15%. So... Uh, sort of. I think... I think the, the 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 group of Eric, Nico, Kinross, and management makes up forty six percent. So maybe the maybe our, our graphic needs to be updated a little bit. Oh oh and, okay and, oh okay. And, no sorry that would make up. So so, so the, I mean that was a hundred percent. Forty five percent. Management is twenty uh, twenty five percent, and then the retail is sort of the balance thirty odd percent. So, okay so so just remind me what um Agnico's got. Agnico is ninety four nine percent. Okay and. Kinross at 15 or 14, 6 percent. Yeah. Yeah, 15 percent. 
And, and fraud is part of that sort is part of this the flow with the the public flow retail and a few strategic institutions we have there. So that's the four okay. factor plan. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, so it's not all Eric's brought. It's it's kind of it's 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 a wider yeah. free float. Great. Um, sorry, uh, you brought up a good point. And for the first couple of years, we've had almost no public float, and that was a challenge because we didn't get the liquidity, and that you know caused a lot of the institutions to sort of shy away. Yes, and. Um, I mean, Agnico is pretty tied up with kind of um, the Abitibi at the moment. You know, they, they've, they're kind of slightly um, focused in Quebec, are they not? And um, or kind of the, the, the uh, Quebec, Ontario. I mean, are they- uh, that's they're busy there. They're active there. But you know, I would say they're also very active in Northern Canada. And yeah. you know, they're an amazing company to work with. They're very strategic. They have a long-term value creation plan, and they've uh, identified Western Canada and Northern Canada as a an area where they want to continue to build a platform and uh, you know they're looking to invest heavily and you know they're they're a phenomenal company they've been tremendously successful uh technically very strong uh they, you know their their management team been there for a long time you know extremely successful well respected in the capital markets been great guys to work with okay good um I, i've heard that from other people as well i know a number of other companies that are working with agnico and they do acknowledge that they're they, they've got a really solid kind of operating technical team that uh it, it, it's small in numbers but effective in output in terms of the kind of the cost of capital because the 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 equity markets have just been so horrendous for for gold companies in the last couple of years, and um, white gold is no exception. You know, it's, the share prices has, has suffered, um, which means that raising capital by selling equity is uh, comes with a dilution cost. I guess sure. is, is 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 the word. But as a project generator, uh, have you considered kind of selling off portions of your portfolio because you've got this vast land package you've got what something like 40 percent of the of the yukon of the, of, the, of the klondike yeah absolutely so that, that's part of our, our our plan um we haven't done it just yet because you know there's a few sort of some low-hanging fruit we really wanted to sort of um you know be able to establish value for you know before we started to transact you know the, the first part of it was on this golden saddle deposit uh, which is part of our white gold project you know, when, when we merged, the way we sort of acquired that was we're the largest landholder. Kinross is the second largest ha- landholder, having acquired um, Underworld Resources for $150 million. And, you know, they, they sort of, you know, we have a great relationship, having worked with them in the past. And they appreciate the fact that it was our technical team that made that discovery. We were very active in the, in the district. So, you know, we came to the, the, the arrangement where they would sort of merge our pro- their problems with us, take back an equity interest, and put them into our carriage. And that it was 900,000 ounces at the time. So you're, you know, why, you can ask the question, why is a property generator bringing properties in? It was just that our guys sort of had a strong thesis that there was a lot of uh, upside potential that we could delineate in a short period of time. And they were bang on. And we grew it from 900,000 ounces to 2.1 million ounces in a few years. And I think that, you know, notwithstanding the share price where it is, having worked invertedly, but, you know, that, I think that's a function of the market, you know, to be able to, you know, now have an asset of that size and tenure in Canada uh, is it, certainly coming on a lot of people's radar. There's not too many of those. You, know, you can probably count them on one hand uh, how many junior exploration companies have an asset of that size, that great, in such a great jurisdiction. So what happens now with that asset, which I, as I, you call it um, Golden Saddle and ARC? Those are the two kind of elements to the white gold project. Yeah, there's there's a few deposits in that area. You know, the more we've been working in that area, the more gold we found. And about Four years ago, you know, when we started, we did the deal with Kinross, you know, 
through, through sessions with Dan and Enigo and said, listen, if you guys are junior exploration companies, you're going to get your best bang for your buck by finding new zones of mineralization within a close proximity to your flagship deposit. So we know the golden saddle will grow the more we drill it. We started looking for gold in and around this. We kind of gave ourselves like a three, four kilometer radius. We tapped into this one area to the west called the Ryan's Trend. It's a six kilometer mineralized gold trend. We've done some drilling on that, but we tapped into two new zones there. There's another zone just to the north. And that's where we've gotten most of the growth. And uh, so, so that's sort of, you know, what we've done. I think the more we drill it, the more we're going to find. But here we're at a point now where I think we, the next step should be to put this through a, a pre-feasibility or a feasibility. It takes a lot of capital. It's a different skill set. So we're now, you know, entertaining different uh, um, discussions of how to do that. That's, that's a primary agenda item for us, you know, in this year. And so essentially put out your new resource on that. Uh, you, you upgraded it a few weeks ago. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's really quite recent. And presumably the telephone started ringing and the, you've started signing um, um, CAs. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it wasn't just on that news release. That, this has been on people's re- radar for a while. Um, you know, the, I think the Yukon in general has been on a lot of people's radar, especially in particular the last year. Listen, we all know in this business, jurisdictional risk is a, a very big factor to consider. I think in the last two years, uh, that's gone, you know, become more obvious to a lot of people. So, you know, being in Canada, uh, you know, in a mining district uh, is certainly on a lot of people's radar. You'll, you'll notice in that district, uh, Newmont, the largest gold mining company in the world, is now uh, permitting the coffee mine, the coffee deposit. That's also a Sean Ryan discovery. We're contiguous to that. Uh, they're building infrastructure along with the government. Uh, you know, Rio Tinto's invested $25 million into one of our other neighbors, uh, Western Copper. They have a huge project. Mitsubishi's in there. B2, yeah, B2's in there. Hefla just brought a, a company out of the Yukon. So uh, this area has really come onto the radar uh, for a lot of people. We don't see it reflected in the... Um, Share prices, really, a lot of the companies. But you know, I think as an investor, you say, well, these are the best mining companies in the world. You know, they've done their homework. These guys have teams and teams of professionals uh, looking at where they should be investing their money. And if this is where they're looking to go, you know, I think that should uh, resonate with people, you know, looking to invest their own capital in this industry. Now, I, I've been working um, in and with a project generator for the last five years. And when we look at a, uh, a farm out deal, what we're always looking to get is a carry, a cash element and a work and a carried work program and a retained interest. Um, presumably for a company like uh, White Gold, the, the cash element up front is, is, is a key component. For sure it is. You know, there's a lot of ways to do this. You know, my ideal situation would be, you know, when you have something as large as our, our White Gold project where you could monetize it, but with enough capital to reward your shareholders, have them, you know, paid out in cash or the shares of whoever's buying it. However, also keep, you know, cash in the treasury to be used for continued exploration on the rest of the package so, you know there's different ways so Let, let's talk about the the amount of money in um in white gold at the money at the moment and the and the work program that you've got because just recently you put out an exploration plan for the year which included uh three thousand i think it was three thousand two hundred meters of drilling across betty ford vertigo and cali with another 800 meters of rc kind of drilling at um, Wolf and Tooney. So kind of about 4,000 meters all in. It, it, to me, that seems like a, a, um, a worthy, but possibly relatively modest uh, exploration com- campaign. Yeah, modest is a good word for it. It's you know, one of the smaller programs we've had in a couple of years. Um, but, you know, in this market, you got to, you know, balance a little bit of uh, 
you know, dilution, but you also wanted to stay relevant. It was very important for us. You know, we've had these two big discoveries in the last number of years. Plus, we have this very exciting new target up in the Cali that it's never seen any diamond drill. So, you know, we want to continue to work it. But, you know, as a management team, as you mentioned earlier, you know, we're very significant shareholders. We probably own about 25% of the company. And at the end of the day, we're only going to, you know, be successful when, you know, if, if there's share price appreciation. That's our goal. You know, that's, you know, we're fully aligned with the shareholders there. So we have to, you know, balance the, the you know, being relevant and, and working and also mitigating dilution. So th- that was sort of the decision that was made. I think that gives us enough work to be done to, you know, to have a meaningful program. I think we're going to learn a lot. I think with the potential for exciting results are going to be there. But there's also a lot of other work that we do, which is not drilling, which is going to prepare targets for drilling in future work. And that's a significant portion of the budget as well. And you, know, you asked about the treasury. So, you know, coming out of the year, uh, December, we were probably, you know, close to $6 million. We were, we were fully funded for this year's program. So no need to go back to the market. And, um, you know, we're, we're really excited to, to, you know, with the program we put together, drills are turning as we speak. And, um, you know, we're, we're encouraged by, uh, what we're, what we think we're going to come across this year. Um, <clears throat> gold price is still above 1900. It's kind of $19, 1920, something 1928, 1930, U, um, us dollars per ounce. Um, what do you see as kind of being a catalyst in terms of the work program that you're going to be able to deliver to, to change the, the public perception of white gold? You know, what, 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 what do you think you need to do to be able to kind of turn around the share price? There's um, a couple directions. of things. You know, one, listen, we're all sort of um, subject to the market, right? So I think that's, that's yeah, a yeah. part of, you know, our, not that that's, you know, makes me feel any better, but, you know, our, our sort of trajectories kind of follow along with the junior index. Uh, white gold has a bit of seasonality in its share price performance. You know, the winter, we're, we're not actively drilling. You know, you could drill in the winter. It's just a lot more dangerous and a lot more costly, so we opt not to. But, you know, like the, the mining projects will work all year round. Uh, so I think we're coming out of that lull. You know, hopefully we'll see a little bit of a pickup uh, now Now the drills are turning. Uh, you know, in terms of catalysts, you know, listen, good drill results are obviously, you know, the, what everyone's hoping for, and that's the best, um, uh, you know, best thing we can deliver to the market, uh, depending on the market, you know, on how much you may or may not get rewarded, that's out of control. But, you know, if you ask the question, what's going to change things, you know, I'd take a step back and say, notwithstanding the fact that commodity prices are all, you know, relatively, you know, at or near all-time highs, fundamentally, you know, junior mining exploration companies are viewed as risk equities, right? So I think we need a little bit more of a risk on appetite in the markets overall. You know, I see that sitting on Bay Street as a, you know, my investment banking hat on. Uh, you know, we have a number of tremendous assets that aren't getting valued in the market. But, you know, th- that's where you strategically as a company have to be able to preserve value. You know, there's incredible uranium projects we're involved with, like Aqua Energy. You know, we've sat on that for over a decade, right? Nobody cared about it. Now, look at it. They're going to be in production in America in, like, three or four months, we could have, you know, got rid of it or not, you know, or, or let the capital structure go, but we didn't. We know there's a lot of value there. I would say our gold portfolio has some of the most valuable assets, you know, of anything we own, like, you know, the white gold. You know, we're involved with Osino and they're 3 million ounces in Namibia. The market, you know, should be paying three or four or five times what they are right now. It's not. It's not a gold market. You know, we're involved with a lot of critical metals, lithium, graphite, et cetera. The market loves that, right? So it's kind of flow of capitals. Glad to be have that diversification. But you know, when you do have a good asset, you you know you want to stick with it. You want to be patient. 
ensure it's properly cap properly capitalized, and uh, you know, and wait for you know the flow of capital to come in. Which I don't know if we want to get into sort of economic viewpoints. I think at some point uh, rates are going to stabilize. You know, maybe they're going to start to come down. That should you know put pressure on the U.S. dollar. That's going to you know hopefully help the gold price to rise, and maybe that's what turns the tide for the gold junior mining companies and the risk on sector overall. Yeah, no, I, I see all of that. And it's it's a classic contrarian approach that you've got to um, stick to your guns. If, if you believe in gold and if you believe in um, the value creation through the drill bit by making the discovery and then delineating resource of value, that is the investment thesis as well. Yeah, that's what we control. That's what we're focused on. You know, if you look at it the other way, I've honestly... In the last 20 years, never seen a better opportunity uh, in terms of value creation potential than, than I see right now, this junior you know, gold mining sector. I don't know what the future is going to hold, but the dis- discrepancy now between the commodity price and the value of the equity, I-, I think it's never been larger, right? So if you're somebody with that kind of risk appetite and you have that thesis, uh, if and when you know the risk appetite does come back on, if gold continues to increase... I think you could see a you know, very significant re-rating across the board. And companies that are meaningful, are successful, have valuable assets, that should be uh, amplified even more so, like a white gold. That's that's a, a really great uh, little summary there. Um, bef- just to kind of wrap it up, can you kind of give me what you're expecting in terms of over the next few quarters? We're, we're pretty much up to the half year now. Um, so Q3 yeah. and Q4, what are you looking to this is uh, our, deliver to the market? Um, yeah, so so this is our expiration time of year. So we're you know in camp, we have drills turning. It's, it's a very exciting point in time. I'll be going there shortly myself. Obviously, I'd like to spend as much time on site as I can. And uh, we're drilling three very exciting targets this year. Um, the, one of them is a vertigo target. This is one of the richest placer mining camps in all of Yukon's history. Uh, it's hardly seen any drilling. We did some drilling a few years ago. We came up with spectacular results. Um, we follow that up. It, it's, it's a complicated structural system. We've, we've retained some incredible uh, consultants to, to reanalyze the geophysical data, did some more sort of surface work. We've identified different uh, directions of, of the veins from, I think, what was originally contemplated. And we're going to be going back and testing these theories. So, you know, we know there's gold there. We know there's a lot of gold there. And now we're just going to be looking to sort of help figure out that continuity. So really excited to be working up there. Um, you know, I think one of the historic goals we had there was sort of, you know, 20 plus meters of 20 plus grams right from surface. Right? Yeah, that's, 24 that's, meters at 23 grams per ton. Yeah, gold. so that's pretty spectacular. The other project, which is extremely excited that we've had some success on in the last couple of years, our Betty project. Uh, you know, first and foremost, you've got to look at its location, right? The best place to find a gold deposit is near other gold deposits. This is right along strike with Newmont's coffee deposit, which um, you know they, which was originally owned by Goldcorp, which acquired it for five hundred plus million dollars. You know that's two million and change ounces. So you know pretty similar to what we have at White Gold uh, in the White Gold project. This deposit, this you know zone that we've been discovered the last couple of years, right along the same fault system, contiguous to the property. You know we've drilled some spectacular. Um, high-grade results the last couple of years, 50 meters of three and a half grams from surface, nine grams of 18 meters, over 18 meters from surface. So we're going to go back there, do some more work, and you know, see what more we can find there. This property also is contiguous to Western Copper and Gold's Mammoth uh, Porphyry Casino Project. That's some 20-odd million ounces of gold and 14 billion pounds of copper. So you really are in uh, elephant country. 
Um, so it's a very exciting place to work in terms of, you know, what we think the upside could be. The fact that we have the largest gold mining company in the world as our neighbor, that's permanent their mine, that's investing in the infrastructure to build a road from their project up to Dawson City, which comes right through our land package, will totally make everything more accessible, is uh, <laughs> almost too good to be true, but it's happening. Uh, and, you know, for the reasons we said before, I think these big companies realize there's opportunity there. And, uh, you know, they're investing significantly to, you know, to be able to work in such a great place with such geological potential. So that's the second project we're drilling. Um, and then the third project is something that's been, we've been trying to get it on deck for the last two or three years. It just, you know, didn't make the cut for different reasons, but finally we were, you know, we we're talking to our partners and our planning meeting. They said, guys, this could be a company changer for you. You got to put some drill holes in it. So we did, it's on our, it's called the, the, the Nolan property, the Cali target. It's a uh, two-kilometer soil anomaly, which sits right on the 60-mile peak of fault. It's road accessible. Uh, it, it, it's, again, another very uh, rich historic placer camp, so lots of gold in the area. Uh, you know, never seen a die in a drill, so we're pretty excited to do that. Um, so, you know, a lot going on. And sometimes, it's, you know, it's a mixed blessing because people, some people like you to be focused. Some people like, you know, to play your cards across the table. Um, but, you know, we're... we're these things are not just being drilled haphazard. It's been a lot of work that's gone on in the background and things only get drilled when they're ready to be drilled because they've met the test to sort of show that they have the probability. So exciting there. Uh, and then in the background, we got a couple other exciting things we're working up. We have two huge copper porphyry targets right uh, alongside the casino. You know, those could be game changers. Uh, you know, this is the, the other double-edged sword of having a company like ours. You never get the value for the, you know, the sum of the parts. But as a long-term investor, I know there's a tremendous amount of value here. This is like, imagine going back in time and being able to get a million acres in the Abitibi 70 years ago or in Timmins or the Nevada Goldfields. Like, you know, that, that's unheard of, but I think that's what we have here. Time will tell, but, you know, all the momentum is moving in the right direction. I think the chips are falling on the table and now we got to put the puzzle pieces together here. But good. I'm, well, um, <clears throat> good luck with the summer program. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing the news as it comes out during the course of the autumn. Yeah, so do I. Thanks for, uh, you know, it's great to be here finally. I know I've tried to hook up before, but uh, this is a very unique company. I think, uh, you know, I think you realize that and uh, uh, we're excited. There's going to be lots of news coming on. I look forward to being back and uh, further.